Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, typically, uh, we introduce a coffee cup of the day, and I don't want to disappoint. I do have my medium-sized Dunkin' Donuts coffee uh, to-go mug right there, or cup right there, but I also have a special guest appearance today. So one of our church members, Grant Wilson, lovingly, and I'm using that word, that word in quotation marks, gave me this cat statue. Can you, I don't know if you can see that there. If you're listening today, audio, you are missing out. I mean, it is a quilt-style porcelain reclining cat. I really don't know what you would do with something like this, but... Grant, thank you, I think, for that, uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun with that in the offices. All my cat lovers out there, you can never accuse me again. I have a porcelain quilt-styled reclining cat sitting on my desk, so there you have it. Hey, let's get to uh, let's get to our passage for the day, Can't, sh- shall we? Uh, we're in 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, yesterday, we began talking a bit about what I call the outline for the Christian life. And these, these ideals that ought to be a part of the life of every mature believer. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, that saving faith really was the foundation, the faith upon which the rest of your Christian life is built. And so, When we trust Christ as Savior, we should never be in fear of a punishment for sin because sin was punished at the cross. But that does not absolve us of our responsibility to live for the Lord. And certainly a believer in Christ who has invested genuine faith in Christ ought to have a desire to follow Christ. And true faith ought to be able to show up in works. And the, the Bible is giving us here some ideals and some even some goals by which we should orient our thinking when we've trusted Christ as Savior. So uh, yesterday we talked a bit about add to your faith, supply in your faith uh, the following ideals. So beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Have a virtuous faith, a faith that says, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm wide open. I am courageous and bold to live for Jesus. So add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. It's not just a wildfire to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, but then, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's where knowledge comes in, to spend time in the Word of God, to spend time contemplating the person of Christ as revealed in the Word of God so that my virtue is fueled by knowledge. So add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance. It's a measure of self-control because as we learn what the Bible says, and we learn what the multifarious aspects of our Christian responsibility is, then we've got to exercise self-control to say yes to the Spirit, to say yes to the inner controlling work of the God Spirit in my life, and say no to myself. 
uh, to say yes to him and no to me. Self-control, to bring under my body, to keep it under subjection, that I might when that I might live for Christ, lest when preaching to others, I myself should be a castaway, to be disapproved of God. That's the language of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And then add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness. Do you see that uh, there in verse number uh, six? To patience godliness. So to temperance, self-control, patience. And patience in the Bible is more than just um, the way you and I say, use the word patience. We use the word patience in the sense of wait. So be patient at the doctor's office. Be patient at the Department of Motor Vehicles. They'll eventually answer your ticket number, right? But the word patience in the Bible is the word perseverance. It's the word hupamone. It means to abide under to hang in there, to stick to it. Uh, the Bible says in James chapter one, let patience or perseverance have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, lacking nothing. So there are certain things that God accomplishes in our life through the crucible of extenuated persecution or extenuated suffering to allow ourselves to deal with the onslaught of so add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience. Well, we like to think that Christian growth takes place in certain events. Like I went to that revival meeting and wow, I really grew. That message really changed my life. But that's really a wrong way to look at it. Our lives are not changed by big events or attending big revival services or certain big things that happen. No, they can be catalytic in our life, but really we change day by day. Just as we change physically by eating and exercising day by day, boy, then you begin to see results, good and bad, right? Depending on your eating habits, depending on your exercising habits, you see results over time. And so it's a daily thing. So as I keep under my body in a good eating habit over time, as I keep under my body in a good exercise habit over time, then I begin to see results. So I abide under, I let patience have her perfect work. And so it's not just uh, individual decisions of self-control, like I'm never gonna do that again, or I, I will begin this habit in my life. No, it's a matter of staying with it and little investments of time over time and that compound interest doing its job. So that's, that's the point here. So to temperance, patience. And then the Bible says, and to patience, godliness. So godliness refers to the kind of character and attitude that the child of God ought to have. So in these seasons of perseverance, in these seasons in which we are striving to maintain a testimony for God, to remain yielded to His Spirit, that's when godly character is formed in our life. It's when we are challenged day by day to reflect the very character of Christ. Uh, people will see your godly character best as you are, as your life is put up against the back black drop, uh, the black backdrop, there we go, of your, uh, of your circumstances. And so let patience 
add to your uh, temperance, patience, to patience, godliness. The very life of Christ showing up in your decision-making, in your prioritizations, in the schedule that you keep, in the way that you react, in the interactions you have with your coworkers, godliness, uh, godly character, yet not I, but Christ in me, right? Christ in me, that Christ may be manifest in my life, whether by life or by death, the Apostle Paul taught us. So add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, and then watch this, and to godliness brotherly kindness. Do you notice how these qualities, these components, these ideals in one's Christian life move from the internal to the external, to what applies to me and my character to what then applies to me and my dealings with other people. Because at the end of the day, who I am in Christ ought to show up in who I am to other people. So there's that vertical relationship, faith, virtue, knowledge, what I'm learning, what I'm getting from God, uh, that translates into how I'm behaving and how I'm impacting the lives of others my godly character as a testimony, my brotherly kindness. Do you see that here in verse number seven? And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Of course, that translates translates our word uh, Philadelphia, a love for the brethren. So as I grow in grace, it ought to manifest itself in the way that I treat other people, that I begin to view people not according to what they can do for me, I begin to view people not according to uh, their benefit or their personality or uh, our commonality for liking the same things or being the same demographic. No, I I see their value simply as a fellow believer. I love as brethren. That's what Peter taught us in 1 Peter chapter 3. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that you are there unto call that ye should inherit a blessing. And so brotherly kindness. Uh, the church at Thessalonica was known for this. If you'll look at First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verses 9 through like 12, that's a great section to show us what does brotherly kindness look like in action. And that ought to be characteristic of your Christian life. It ought to be the outflow of who you are, that love produces, a a relationship with God produces in you love, a genuine love for others. You know, that's a good barometer, really, for our lives. If you can't get along with fellow believers, if you can't see the value of, if, if there's not a predisposition in your heart to love and serve others, that's probably an indication that your relationship with God is broken in some way. It's probably an indication that your fellowship with the Lord in some way has been uh, has some way been interrupted. Why? Because tr- a true relationship and fellowship with God is going to show up in our love for other people. If a man say, "I love God and hateth his brother," he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God? whom he hath not seen. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. 
And so here toward the capstone of Christian living is brotherly kindness. And then the Bible says, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Charity, that agape love, that love that comes out of not who you are. So brotherly kindness is, I love you because of who you are. You have intrinsic worth uh, for me to love you. That's, that's great. The Bible says, if any man love not the Lord Jesus, let him be anathema. And that word there is this word, to, 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 to phileo love him, to love him for who he is. And certainly, Jesus has intrinsic value for us to love him for who he is. But if we're to love as God loves, then we are to love people not because of who they are, because sometimes people are patently unlovable, but we are to love them because of who we are, because we have now the capacity in God to love them in their unloving status, to love them even though they've never expressed love to me. See, that's what God did. For God so loved the world, agapao. God loved us before we ever loved him. He loved us when we were unlovely. And as the capstone of Christian living here in First, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, we are to love as God loves, love the unlovely, love those who may never love you back, because when you're doing that, you're behaving most like God. And then watch the, the description of this kind of life. So if I were to embody the ideals of th- this outline, this Christian living outline, what, what would be true of me? Well, look at verse number eight in closing. For if these things, what things? These things we've been talking about. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So remember, what fuels all of this? Knowing Christ. Not, not just knowing him academically, but knowing him reading his word, learning the character of Christ, endeavoring to acknowledge him, to pattern our life after him, to let his life be manifested in ours. So in the knowledge of Christ ought to emerge these things. Why? Because these are things for which Christ was known. And as the spirit of Christ in us helps us to have these dispositions, then the Bible says we shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in that knowledge of Christ. You know, God wants us to be fruitful Christians. He wants our lives to make a difference. He wants us to be productive in that sense. Now, how is that possible? It's possible as we seek God first, make his word our priority. Let these ideals emerge as evidences of spirit fullness and see what God does as we do it his way. So I hope this helps uh, today. We're going to jump into verse number uh, nine tomorrow. Hope you'll uh, stay with us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.